guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Okay, let's, let's jump into it. Let's talk about time for a little bit, okay? Who here knows time? <laughs> okay. It's weird, right? Is time weird? Time is strange. Think about it. Time is super weird. Like, science like, it's technically, like, space, so, like, we're moving through space, we're moving through time. It hurts my brain to think about the way that works. There's, like, gravitational pools that affect time because it's relative. So, have you, who here has seen the movie, hit movie Interstellar? We've got two people. Great. So, this is what's going on in Interstellar. This is how time works, and it's insane. Well, this is theoretically how time works, but we don't know anything. So, this is theoretically how time works. They're in a spaceship up above a planet, but there's this crazy gravitational pull on the planet. So this guy, he goes down to the planet. He's down there for like five minutes. He comes back up and his friend is 70 years old because time is relative and it moves at different speeds for different people throughout the universe. So like if I was going fast enough, I could get into a futuristic spaceship and fly into the outer space for like a year and then a year back, going super fast, right? So for me, two years has passed. Now, I'm only 97. And, just kidding, I'm not that old. You can tell. And, uh, but time on Earth could have passed for like forever, right? So time is weird, time is strange. And like, we can even think about that like, not as science, it's science-y. So when I some order something on Amazon, right? Two days, I got two days before I am upset. Order that. On Amazon, two days later, it should be at my door. When it's not and I have to wait that extra day, that third day feels like a lifetime. And I know I'm going to get that book and I'm going to put it directly onto my shelf and not read it, but I'll own it and I want to own it in two days, not in three days. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. So this works just in so many ways. When you're hanging out with your friends, yeah, time is weird. It really, it's, it's weird. So when you're hanging out with your friends, time moves super fast. When you're at work, it takes like 14 days to get through one shift at work. That's insane, right? Last year, I can remember sitting in a movie theater crying at the end of the Avengers movie. And I knew I had to wait a full year. And that year took forever. And then it finally came and Endgame was here. It was a three-hour movie that was done in 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, that was it? And I wanted more. But do you see how time is relative and time is strange and time is weird? Do not spoil. Uh, that looks like a hand that wants to spoil in game. Don't do it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know for a lot of you, school's almost over, right? And I'm sure while you were in school, like for, especially for you seniors, while you were in school, it felt like it was never gonna end. But now looking back, doesn't it feel like yesterday you were a freshman and now you're graduating? Time is insane. Time is insane. I believe I said at one point, work equals forever, friends equal over so fast. And at least it feels that way, right? Okay, so turn to your neighbor and say, time is weird, or at least it feels that way. Right. So because of how weird time is, I often think I have more of it than I really do. Right? I go to complete a project, and I'm like, I got plenty of time to get that project done. And then it's due in 45 minutes, and everything is bad. 
Like, I don't know if you have this. I'm sure none of you have ever procrastinated in this room. I'm sure none of you have ever do that. But I do. And I sometimes forget because of how weird time is that I have less time than I really do. Growing up and even now, I've heard over and over again from preachers, from Sunday school teachers, from just guys yelling on the street that if I don't immediately go preach to my friends and they don't immediately accept Jesus, that they're going to burn forever, right? You've heard that, but that doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't go up here into my brain that it's a thing that I need to be doing because time is weird and it feels like forever. How, like, how many in this room think about death on the daily? <laughs> okay, well, that's, jeez, that's a whole other, <laughs> whole other situation. But death feels like far away. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel invincible right now. Like, death is, like, pretty far away. Like, I don't need to be worrying right now, like, oh, no, I'm going to be 90 tomorrow and I might die. Like, death is close, but, like, also, it's far away. So it's hard for me to think, like, I need to right now tell my friends and the people around me about Jesus because death is right around the corner, right? It, like, doesn't, I don't know about you, but it doesn't get into my brain up here because it's hard to think like that. It feels morbid. It feels wrong. And when people tell me that, I'm like, slow down. This is too much pressure. I don't like it. It's weird, right? I want to say it's weird. It's weird. <sighs> and also, I used to feel back in the day, not as much, not anymore, not anymore. But back in the day, when I was your age, it felt like I didn't need to make any decision because death was far away. I felt like I don't need to be following Jesus because I can wait till I'm 90 laying in my deathbed, and be like, yo, Jesus. And now I'm in heaven. So, like, and I'm sure, like, don't lie. Some of you have felt that way. Some of you might even feel that way right now. But I'm here to tell you we're looking at everything the wrong way. Jesus, it's more exciting to follow Jesus than just that. It's more exciting than just waiting, trying not to sin. Oh, I'm not going to look at porn today so I can go to heaven tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's more than that. It's more exciting than just waiting around not sinning until, right? I mean, really. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Half the people in this room do. And don't get me wrong. He is the hope for our future. He died on the cross so that we can have that future. But Jesus is more than hope for our future. Jesus is hope for now. He has what we need now. And he has what your friends need now. He has what the people you work with need now. He has what the people in your school need now. So, it's our job to tell them. It's our job, since we know that hope, to tell them about it. That he is the reason we do what we do, the reason we get up every day. Jesus has what you need now and what your friends need. So you should tell your friends. And that is it. The end. Easy, right? So you note takers, please write down in your notes. We have to do this now because David said so. And I don't need to explain any farther um, because I said so and that's all you need to know. You know? Just kidding. Jeez, you guys are really uh, <laughs> judgmental today. I'm going to break it down for you a little bit more than that, okay? And we are going to... Here's a true fact. Never, never 
just take for face value something you hear. Always go back, research it, look into the Bible, see if it's actually what Jesus is saying, see if it's actually what God is saying, because sometimes we get it wrong. But I'm going to show you that I didn't get it wrong, because we're going to break it down a little bit, and I um, promise I'm not making you up. Making it up, it's right there in the Bible. So will you go with me on a little journey into the Bible? Because I got my horses in the back. Horse tech is attached, you know? So we're going to go down the Old Town Road, and we're going to ride like you can no more. And yes, I did just quote the number one country song in the world because it is Mackenzie's birthday. Happy birthday, Mackenzie! Mackenzie and I love country music. We are both on the same page when it comes to country music. Okay, real quick. We're going to pray because I need it. So, dear Jesus, I pray that right now you help us see that you are the hope that the world around us needs now. You are our hope for the future and our hope for right now. And I pray that every word I say comes from your mouth and that things change. Okay, so let's just jump into it. <laughs> wow, Jesus was here on earth. He had a bunch of people following him around, you know? He had those 12 guys. We call them the disciples. Yeah, 12 disciples. Yep, cool. And he had a bunch of other people following him around. Four of these people decided, well, someone should really be keeping track of all this. So they started writing things down. And that's where we get... The four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These Gospels tell the story of Jesus' life here on earth. They're historical books that tell exactly what happened while he was here on earth. So this is where we're going to start looking to see if it's true that he is our hope for now. Okay? Sound good for, with everyone? Say, that sounds, oh yeah, good. You guys are really bad at that. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. So, first, we're going to go to Mark chapter 1. Okay, so we're going to be in Mark chapter 1. That guy, he wrote about Jesus' life. This is the first chapter of his book that he wrote about Jesus' life. Jesus, right before this, right before all this is happening, this is what's going on. Jesus got baptized, and God was like, Ooh, you're my son, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. Side note, he says that about you too, and that's real cool. Uh, back here. So after Jesus heard that, he's like, ooh, yeah, let's go. So he goes out, he starts preaching, he starts teaching, and he starts proclaiming some stuff. So this is what it says in Mark uh, 1.14b and 15. It says, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Ooh, so let's remember that. Keep that one in your mind. Someone memorize it right now. Matt got it. Perfect. Okay, moving on. We are going to go to Matthew chapter 6. So Jesus is still out there at this point. He's like preaching, teaching, telling everyone all the good news. And he says, he's like, ooh, I'm going to teach you guys how to pray, right? So this is what he tells people to pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's from Matthew chapter 6. What, what, what's similar between those two, Matthew? Oh, jeez. Yeah, there you go. They both said kingdom. So in the last verse, he said, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near, right? And this time he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So both these verses, Jesus mentions the kingdom. 
And you can see it throughout the whole entire Bible. People are mentioning the kingdom. They're talking about the kingdom. But like, what is the kingdom? I don't know. Just kidding. I do. I looked it up. So the kingdom or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, depending upon which version you, uh, you're running with and what verse you're in and what book it is, they all mean the same thing. Okay? It is a kingdom that is ruled by God. And he's our king, right? Does that make, yeah, there it is. That makes sense. He made everything. He rules over everything. Now, this kingdom's not like a geological, like we can't go there. It's not like on a map. We can't be like, oh, I'm going to go like, it's not a kingdom like in Aladdin where there's like people like in one spot. And it's not like the magic kingdom in Florida, you know? It's not a place that you can go. It's not a physical place, but it's a spiritual place. And someone way smarter than me put the kingdom in these words. Kara Powell says, The kingdom is the order of perfect love, righteousness, justice, and peace that offers hope to our broken world. Man, that is cool. That is a kingdom that I want to be a part of. It's a kingdom that's not run by a tyrant, but someone who loves us. Perfect love, righteousness, justice, and peace. Man, that is so good. That is a kingdom like nothing we have here on earth. That is a kingdom that is good. And I want to be a part of it. So Jesus died on the cross so that we can have citizenship into that kingdom, right? So he dies on the cross, and now we get to be part of that kingdom. We get to be part of the love, the righteousness, the justice, and the peace, which is really cool and really great. Because that Jesus isn't our hope for just the future. He is our hope for now. His kingdom is now. He says, kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven which means like right now. He's not saying like, come in a thousand years. No, it's come right now. So when we choose to follow Jesus, we are part of that kingdom. And inside of the kingdom, he gives us purpose. So many people are out there looking for purpose. They're looking for a reason that they're here. They're trying to answer those questions. Sometimes it goes a bad route and they turn to like drugs and alcohol and they turn to sex. They turn to things like that when they're trying to find out why they're here, trying to find out the purpose that they're alive. Sometimes they turn to good things, right? They'll turn to their job, their, their work, their, their school, like art, music, all of those things. And they're not bad. They're, those are good things. But they're not total fulfillment of what God wants you to be doing. And you will always feel that place. There's something missing even though it's like I have the job that I wanted. I'm making $100,000 a year. I have a kid. I have a dog. It's incredible. Like everything that you've always wanted, but there's going to be something missing unless you are part of the kingdom and doing something for Jesus. Like I said, sometimes people think they're living their best lives, but when they become part of the kingdom, their lives get better. Not easier, but better. I'm going to show you this in the Bible real quick. We're going to go back to Matthew, and we're going to find Jesus. He's just hanging out alone at this point, right? It's before the disciples are around. And he's like, I need some people to hang out with. So in Matthew uh, 4, 18, and 20, he's, this is where we pick up. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus happened upon these two bros, right? They're fishing. They have a job. Things are good. Things are great, right? They have, their fishing was a good job to have. They were making money. People needed to eat. And they were out there getting the fish, selling them. 
they had a good job. They had a life that they thought was going to be their life forever, right? And things were good. But then they encountered the kingdom of God and their lives changed for the better. Jesus used those guys who were just out there fishing and thought everything was good to start a revolution, to start the church, which we are now a part of. He used them to build part of the kingdom. And their lives were then better and more fulfilling than they could ever have imagined. When you follow Jesus, you don't have to worry about living a meaningless life because Jesus will give you meaning. Just three, four, I don't know, time's weird, guys. Remember time's weird? Three, four years ago, I was feeling that same thing. I was just working at Starbucks, and it felt like things were pretty worthless. <laughs> like, things weren't great. I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea who I was. But then Jesus gave me a purpose, and he gave me a direction, and now I get to be part of his kingdom. Now I get to stand up here and talk to you guys, and it's real cool, and it's real fun. But it's not easier. Like I said before, following Jesus isn't an easier life, but it is a more fulfilling life than anything we could ever have imagined because he knows what we want before we do. I never knew that I would want to do this. And then he told me, hey, you're going to want to do this, trust me. And I was like, I guess. And I do. (laughs) So like I said, life with Jesus won't be easy. It will be better because he knows what we want before we do. Because he's known you forever, and he knows what's going to happen, and it's going to be good. So that is part of the hope for now, right? When we become part of that kingdom, we get that fulfillment, we get that purpose, and we get the people, we get to answer those questions of why we're here, what can we do that is good? The kingdom is the order of perfect love, and it offers hope to our broken world. This means that, like all social justice, all of those issues start and end with the kingdom. Some people find that their worth is doing things in social justice, right? They're bringing, you know, freedom to slaves across the the world. They're feeding the homeless. I mean, they're clothing people. You know what I mean? People do this everywhere, but it's without the kingdom, it won't be enough. So social justice has to start and end with the kingdom because if we're just, you know, doing social justice and we're freeing people, but then we're just freeing people them to live in bondage still, to live with sin, it's not freedom and it's not true hope. So it's, it being part of the kingdom, being part of the church means that we get to offer the real hope for now, which is found, yes, we, which is found with food and with clothes and with being free from slavery, but also it comes in here as well. That's all part of it, and it's super important. Um, this, before we continue, we're going to get into some, a little bit of some heavy things right now, okay? And I just want to say this before we continue, because I'm going to talk a little bit about how part of Jesus' hope for now is he brings healing for depression and anxiety. He does, and it's true. But know this, sometimes God works through doctors and through mental health professionals, This month is, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So if you right now in this room are feeling the weight of depression or anxiety and you feel like it's getting out of control, go talk to someone. There's nothing wrong with it. Know that we will still love you. Know that Jesus still loves you. And that it is part of your plan for healing to go to a professional. He made science. So if you have to take pills, that was part of his healing in your life because you had to take those pills. Does that make sense to everybody? Before we go, I don't want you guys to get through the end of this and say, God didn't heal me in my depression. 
but because he may need you to go do something about it. And it's scary and it's hard, but going to talk to someone is only a good thing. So please hear me now. Don't feel guilty if at the end of the night you don't feel free because you may have to go somewhere else to get your freedom. It's still through Jesus, but it's just a different route than other people took. Okay, so we're going to lighten things up for just a second. Um, I got confused. So Luke's gospel. We're going to jump back into Luke's gospel, okay? Uh, So Luke's gospel, he is talking about a time when Jesus wanted to flex on some people. And, uh, okay, no, he wasn't actually flexing on them, but he was just speaking truth. And since he's God, sometimes when he speaks truth, it just feels like he's flexing on people left and right. So this is what he did. Uh, So in Luke, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And that's basically a complicated 33 AD way of saying he went to church on Sunday. So synagogue on the Sabbath equals church on Sunday, okay? Do we get it? It's easy. super easy. So when Jesus was there, he was at church on a Sunday and he got up to speak and they're like, here you go. And they handed him a scroll, which was the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And so Jesus is like, ooh, I'm going to flex on these boys. And he opens it up and he reads from Isaiah verses describing himself. Okay, so this is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Woo! He, and then he sat down, and that's it. He was like, guess what? That's me. And he sat down. Mic drop. That's me. I'm here to do all these things now. The time of the Lord's favor has come, and he's going to set the oppressed free. That is big. That is so cool. That's so great. Okay. So he sat down like a boss because he's the coolest. And, and, but let's like really look at what he said. He, he was sent to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the Lord's favor has come. These are not things that are going to happen someday when we die. We don't have to sit around and be like, I can't wait till I get to heaven and I can finally be set free. No, he sets you free now. He sets the people free around you now. And it's, again, our job to tell them about this. Is this making sense? Raise your hand and say, "Uh uh-huh, if it's making sense. Bless. Bless, bless, bless. So, he came to set the oppressed free. And oppressed is a word that really struck, like, hit me hard. Because we are living in a world that's becoming more and more oppressed every day. I don't know about you guys, but... I hear more and more people talking about how depressed they are and how filled with anxiety and fear they are. And it's, it's a weight. It's a physical weight that you can feel on yourself. There are people around you. There are people at school, people you pass on the street, and even people in the room right now that are feeling the weight in the chains of depression and anxiety. If you've ever dealt with either one of them, you know that weight I'm talking about one that makes it hard to breathe, one that makes it feel like you're going insane. And it can feel like that's what life is going to be. It feels hopeless. But God promises us something better. God promises us a life with hope in it now. He promises us a life of freedom that he came to set the oppressed free. Now. The Bible is filled with promises he has for us that we get to claim. So I'm going to go through a bunch of these promises. These are all reasons that we have hope now. Are you ready for these? 
So these are for you. These are for the friends around you. These are for the people in your life that need hope. You may have been abandoned in the past, but he will never abandon you. People may have bet against you, but he is for you. You may have trusted in someone who hurt you, but he is a safe place and he's ready to help. You may feel like you can't be fixed, but he will fix your broken heart. You might think that no one will care for you, but he will care for you. You may be overwhelmed with sadness, but he will turn your sadness into joy. You may think that your future is bleak, but he has a plan to give you hope and a future. You may feel exhausted by life, but he will give you rest. You may be worried about your needs and if they will be met, but he says he'll provide for you. You don't have to worry about that. You may think that you have done too much wrong to ever be completely loved by someone. But he said that nothing will separate you from his love. Nothing. Not height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation can separate you from the love of God. And these promises are not just for the people in this room. Because they are. They're for all of us. We can claim every single one of them. But they are promises for everyone on earth. And everyone needs to know. We live in a world that needs to know this more than ever before. Guys, on average, there are 129 suicides per day. It is the second killer of people between the ages of 10 and 34. 10. The second killer. There are 129 people every day that need to know the hope that we have. There are 129 people every day that need us to reach out to them, that need to know that Jesus will never leave them, he'll never forsake them. There are 129 people that needed the kingdom that is here now, but they didn't know it was there. It says in Acts, this is the last thing that Jesus said to us before he left. In Acts 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What he's saying is that he's trusting us to move that kingdom, that kingdom of peace, that kingdom of righteousness, that kingdom of justice forward. He's trusting it to us. He's going to be there to help us, but we are his hands and feet, and we have to move. We have hope, and we must share it. So in your life, who have you been holding out on? Because time is weird. And you might not think that right now you need to share Jesus with someone because, you know, death is far away. We got time. But they can be living better lives now. They can be living with the hope that is needed now. Because if we don't start sharing it, the world is just going to keep getting darker and darker. I, oh man, I wasn't going to talk about this. I knew a person in high school, his name was Mike, and I didn't, I never thought like, oh, death is super far away from all of us. And then one day he was one of those 129 people and I could have done something about it. But I was off fooling around, not caring. We gotta do something guys, cause it's, uh, things are bad but Jesus is the hope. And when 
we have Jesus, we can give hope. Because that's it. He's it. And I know this is super heavy. I'm sorry. This has been on my brain for the past probably four months. And I really wanted to talk about it. So who is it? Is it someone? Is it a friend? Is it a family member? Maybe someone at work or at school? Who in your life needs this hope? Maybe it's you. Maybe you are in this room right now and you need that hope and you need those promises. You've, you heard those promises and you said, I want that. You heard about the kingdom and you want to get into that kingdom. I have really good news for you. It's super easy. It's super easy. This is it. So this is what's going on. Jesus was sent to pay for our sins, right? So God is love and he made those promises to us in love. So all we have to do is go to God and he will give us those promises. We can hold on to those promises. But there's a problem. Our sin divided us from God. And there was a gap. So we can't get to those promises yet because there's this gap of sin that's between us. But Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected again. And he came back to life. And because of that, he took that gap, that huge gap that was between us and God, between us and the kingdom, between us and the promises, and he closed it so that we can be a part of it, so that we can have that hope now. So all you have to do is decide to put your faith in God, put your faith in Jesus to follow him and to step into those promises. And then he's going to send the Holy Spirit to help you. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is sometimes called the comforter because he's always with you and he's never going to leave you. And he's there helping you when you need help. He's there reminding you of those promises that are in his word for today. I know this was a lot, but I pray that if it's you right now that needs this, send it. <laughs> when we go to small groups, go talk to your small group leader. Just say, I did it. You'll know exactly what that means because this is just the beginning of your story. If you said yes to Jesus now, that means your story changes. The trajectory of your life went from going down into something to going up into this kingdom that he has promised us, into these promises that he has promised us. So I'm going to end in prayer real quick. Dear God, I thank you so much for the hope that you provided us. I thank you that not only do we have hope for the future that is bright and we get to spend eternity with you, but you also gave us the hope for now, the hope that keeps us going. So I pray that you put someone into our brains right now that needs this hope. I pray that as we do this and the church does this around the globe, that we can change those numbers, that we can change those numbers from being 129 people a day that needed you to zero because everyone knows you. And God, right now I pray that if we in this room need hope or we need to be reminded that you are the hope of our life, that you are hope for now and hope for our future, I pray that you remind us. Have your Holy Spirit come down, remind us, give us that peace that we need. So Jesus, help us shine a light in this dark world. We love you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.